And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glovers Cast. The final home game of the season has just been and gone. One down, one left to go. Uh, here to talk through the uh, dismal affair of the weekend was Mr. Ben Barrett. Good evening. And Coatsy is off touring uh, Europe, starting in Rotterdam. Uh, so we've brought in, I'm going to say he's an able replacement, unlike Ben the last time. That's not what I said. <laughs> oh no, it was what I said, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was. exactly what I said. Yes. Uh Elliot Watts, welcome back. Hello, good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah. Uh very much excited for the end of this football season though. <laughs> you and me both. Ben, are you excited <laughs> for the end of this football season? Um, I'm not saying I'm counting down to the minutes uh, to the final whistle of the Boreham Wood fixture, but um yeah, if it could hurry along pretty sharpish, that'd be lovely. I'm fairly sure everyone associated with the Oval Town Football Club is wishing away the hours of this week. Um, <laughs> because after Saturday, you know, it's uh, it's just got to finish. <laughs> I think if they could throw it, if they could uh, say, can we just give it to Boreham Wood this weekend, they probably would. As it stands, 8,570 minutes at this precise moment in time until roughly the final whistle at Boreham Wood. We've only got 8,570 left to go, of which 90 of those will be actually playing football. That's going down, mate, Ben. That's going down. Almost by almost by the second. We're reducing already. We are. <laughs> We're on our way, lads. We can exactly. kill a big chunk of that. Yeah. Um, Why don't we just throw that game? Why don't we just say, nah? <laughs> None of us want to play it. Let's not go. <laughs> what are they going to do? Relegate us? <laughs> Yeah, good point. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm conscious. Elliot, you weren't at the game yesterday. Were you having a bit of an all-dayer? Is that the... Is that yeah. The yeah. I mean, we could do an hour on the all-dayer. And Shall the, we? The, the, the listeners will get a lot more entertainment, I feel. Uh, no, we went to Weymouth for the day, which is obviously quite a controversial decision uh, on this podcast. Uh, played a drinking game called Chicken, which is probably an elite tier drinking game um, and had lots of fun not watching the football. So, you want to tell us the rules of chicken? Or... Was, yeah, let's go for it. This is going to be the best start we could possibly have had tonight, surely. Yeah. Um, so there was eight of us went to Weymouth, uh, got the train down, and chicken involves everyone putting £20 into a kitty each. £20? £20 each, so we had a £160 kitty, and then out of the hat... Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no, that math doesn't matter. Nine of you, 20 quid eight. each, 180. Oh, you said eight. Oh, you said yeah. nine. If you had listened, Ben. Eight. Oh, sorry. Four couples. Uh, you draw two people's names out of the hat, and they are the chickens, 
okay? They get a list of six pubs. They can take the kitty money and go and hide in it, and you've got to try and drink your way through it. The other people then go on the hunt for you, right? So they've got to look into the pubs to find you. You're not allowed to look in windows, and every pub you go in, you have to have a drink. And it can't be a shot. It's got to be a pint or a double. Um, and I came out as a chicken. So I was one of two chickens. And by the time we got found, we had £20 left. <laughs> uh, we did We did bend the rules for anyone who's watched the traitors. And we uh, recruited a traitor in the middle of the game to come and join us, uh, which helped us on our way to, <laughs> to having £20 left. Lots of pims were drunk. Um, yeah, it was a great day. <laughs> so, And I think everyone should go and play this game, really. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> ben, um, did you play any drinking games or did you <laughs> listen to Yeovil Town versus Oldham? I, I dialed in to the dulcet tones of BBC Radio Somerset and listened to the I I, I, I want to say game but it was it was pretty one-sided <laughs> yeah it was not an even match <laughs> no it was a training session for Oldham yeah did we expect anything less yes no I expected more anything more should I say did we I, really expect anything I more? mean I, I I did go into it thinking that's relegation over and done with perhaps they'll just feel a little bit more relaxed and play a bit of football and and you know I, I and with Oldham in their position I wondered if they'd take the foot off the gas and I I don't think they particularly did put their foot on the gas anyway um really I don't think the performances the last few weeks have been because of the looming pressure of relegation I just think we're generally quite a bad football team so with that relegation final nail in the coffin I wasn't expecting much more out of yesterday I don't think mm-hmm. Perhaps. I think I think Dave got me a bit excited on the <laughs> pod, saying, "Oh yeah, it's going to be a really good game. We might we might we might see some goals, might see some action, might get involved." Nope. <laughs> no, well, I mean, when I saw the lineup, and uh, we we were we were sent a photo of like the shape, of the team. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" Because <laughs> it was like <laughs> there was like a square, or it was you had the fullbacks in. Yeah, but you had like six players all through the middle yep. with um, Rio Griffiths not up front, and who was up front with the? It was Oluwabori and Sabida, Linton, Linton. Oh yeah, Linton. Linton. Yeah, no, Sazibo was on the bench. Yeah, he was on the bench. Yeah, and then like a a midfield square of Cooper, Clark, Worthington, and Rio Griffiths. Um, so an interesting shape, not the widest team in the world that when you're playing against two banks of four and two big strikers, you think you're going to get much out of it. But yeah, and the subs, four subs, one of them, no chance of coming on, just <laughs> like down to the bare bones, depleted, players not clearly not up for it. And and we suffered a couple of injuries, didn't we? We did, yeah. Worthy went off in the second half. Was it uh, was it was it was it the halftime sub of record coming off was also possibly injury related after the game? It was, yeah, yeah. But both I mean, well for next week. I didn't see him pull up any, at any particular point in that first half. There wasn't anything obvious, but yeah. 
What kind of, I obviously want that, what kind of reception did Wavington get on, get when he got subbed? I feel like that might be the last time we see him play for us, and he's been here yeah. quite a few years now. Yeah. It's it, looking very sad. It was a, um, yeah, he sort of came off on the screw fix stand side and, you know, got the, uh, did a lap of honour, got clapped all the way around. Um, I think, yeah, I, I feel like, we're kind of fast forwarding to the end, but I feel like at the end when they did the post-match lap of the pitch, there was definitely a, a huddle of Worthington, Smith and Diath right at the back of everything, almost like they were making more of a point of clapping and soaking in, you know, what support there was for the team. Um, but yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that feels like the last time we'll see Worthy Accurate part, unless something happens, who knows? Mm. I mean, if if, <laughs> if Mark Cooper stays, if Mark Cooper stays, it genuinely would not surprise me if Matt Worthington also stayed and wanted to be a part of things because they've got a relationship. They clearly, Mark, Matt Worthington clearly respects Mark Cooper and thinks he's one of the best coaches he's had in his career. Um, if anyone's able to keep him at the club, I would say it's it's probably Mark Cooper. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that at all. I think he'll have suitors regardless. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. yeah. I think there'll be people I, I, that... I said it in my conclusions and I said it on comms as well. It feels like he's kind of had a breakout season, yeah. I think. I think this has been his most consistent season and as stupid as that might sound since we've got relegated and had a a terrible season. He's certainly one of the four, three, maybe four players who can hold their head up as someone who's actually performed. I think most of the season you'd give him at least a seven out of ten. Or careful, a, careful, <laughs> careful. <laughs> Don't be throwing away rules here. Don't be sacking the season off now on this podcast. Because the players have sacked it off. Yeah, I, I got think, rules to abide by. I think with Worthington. It feels like when I'm where the time's probably right anyway. Yeah. Um, it feels like whilst he's been there a long time, I don't, I don't feel like he's been a half club at all in the period of time that he's been there. Um, apart from maybe that one season where we pushed for the playoffs and COVID happened and it's all if buts and maybes, isn't it? Um, I don't feel apart from that, it's been it's probably been a happy place to play football. Um yeah. I think the time feels like it's probably right for Worthington to move on now. I think the point you were making about how he's had a bit of a breakout season just kind of highlights how far above the rest those main players are. We talk about Grant Smith as being probably one of, if not the best keeper in the league. We talk about Josh Staunton having pretty much the options of anything in the National League and League Two next season because of his leadership and the way he's performed. Yet, you talk about that upper echelon of three, four, five players. The rest just seem to fall so far below that people are saying, we'll just get rid of everyone else. Don't worry about it. I just think that the disparity between the best we have and everyone else just feels absolutely massive. There's potential in that bottom group. There's players that you can think of sort of longer term and think that I've got a little bit about them. But for me, the the, the big three, four, five are just so far ahead of everyone else. It's it's sort of tough, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I think what's quite what's been so frustrating in fact this year is they have been carrying the team. Yeah. And with that, you're you haven't had the ability to take in seven out of seven performances from them because they're doing every other person's work on the pitch rather than being able to put on a bit of a show. And that's a bit of a shame, really, if we talk about players who've had really good seasons, but they've had really good seasons because they've been doing the job of two or three men on the pitch. Um, And I find that quite interesting, really. Like, they've shone far and beyond the rest, but we we haven't seen anyone set the world light because they are literally mopping up bits and pieces all the time, those players you've mentioned. Grant Smith, I think the stats showed that he's actually is the best keeper in the league isn't he um the most like the best expected goals per against saves or something like that um and then Staunton doing the job of basically four defenders some weeks like it's really crazy that nobody's actually put on a show and got you on the edge of your seat but we're still saying they've had good seasons and and I'd include I would include Charlie Cooper in that because the last few weeks he has been left so exposed in midfield. He's the only one in there who does that nitty gritty job, has to protect the defence, but he's got no help. Like everyone forward of him, in front of him when we're defending. I think it was on the, there was a break yesterday and like the effort to get back and prevent a counter attack or get back and get bodies in front of things were just just not there and I feel like Cooper in midfield ends up getting exposed because he's all on his own and got no one near him and he has to play these hopeful passes out to people that either don't come off or get intercepted and it's just yeah it's difficult it's difficult and you have to think like they have been the ones who've had to be so good they like one mistake from any one of those and it's it can be a goal um, throughout the season. It's it's really crazy to think of. Yeah. Um, back to yesterday. I uh, don't know if you guys want to grill me as I had eyes on the affair um, or how you want to play it. It's a bit Groundhog Day, isn't it? it is. Because from what I understand, overrunning midfield, gave away chances, Aside from the obvious, not putting too much pressure on things, keeper keepers keeping us in the game don't look like scoring. They do look like scoring. I mean, if if Kitchen got the ball on the left and crossed it in to the back post once, he did it a hundred times. Mm. Like that, it was it was just ball over that side, cross to the box, player in between Freckleton and record. I mean, that's how the first goal went in, and it was almost like, oh, let's just get it down there and put it on the back because. I mean, the relationship between Record and Freckleton was non-existent in that that defensive pairing on that left-hand side. It was, uh, yeah, it was so, so poor. And I mean, I, mean, I, I think, I, I don't think Freckleton's going to go down in history as one of our greatest ever loan signings. <laughs> um, and I dare say we'd have probably been better off with Ben Richards-Everton at the back than than him, but... That's quite the conversation, isn't it? (laughs) To give him a bit of credit, he looked better (sighs) left back than centre back when he was moved out to the out out wide. But yeah, I don't. He's he's not had it easy. Oh yeah, I think he's come in. He played midfield on debut and just looked completely all out of sorts. He's played left back, left back of three in centre. 
He's played left wing back. He's played on the right. He's played everywhere. I I bet he'll go back to Sheffield United and just be like, well, that was a waste of time. I've not I've not got anything out of that. Yeah, Team's yeah. not got anything out of that. Nobody's nobody's. He's just going to write this off and go. I'll see you on the first day of preseason. I'll go out on loan somewhere that's actually going to give me a proper half season somewhere, and he would probably be absolutely fine at this level. Did we look like scoring? <laughs> no. No, there was a couple of patterns of play which ended up in like shots from the edge of the box. Charlie Cooper had a few efforts that went high and wide, but other than crosses into the box that were claimed quite easily, we we never, never got going at all. It was almost like any chances that we did have were all like out of luck rather than judgment. There was just no cohesion at all. Players coming in and there was there was a moment where Oliver Bory is sort of slightly inside, like kind of in line with the corner of the 18-yard box. Chory Johnson is gunning down the right-hand side, but then decides to cut inside, and Oliver Boyd knocks it out for a throw because he's not in sync. It's just when you saw how Oldham picked up the ball and knew exactly who to give it to and where they were then going to move it on to, and it was just like second nature. They knew exactly what the plan was and how to play. But it's just the classic case of just no one knew where they were meant to be standing or where they were meant to be passing the ball to to make the next thing happen. It was, ah, oh, it, it it was dire. And like I said, it was the slowest. Certainly, the, in the first half, it was the slowest first half an hour of football I can remember. Just it was just so, so poor. It was it was just put us out of our misery stuff. It really was. And, and um, that feeling after the game from from the uh, from the players, you know, it was sort of just get us get us to the end of this season and go on. Uh, what was the atmosphere like at Hughes Park yesterday? Because we're down now. Um, it what it was pretty terrible throughout the start of the season, wasn't it? Um, and then we had it that little spike when tickets were £10 and then new stewards came in. We had the Woking game, the Eastley game, but slowly in, over the last few weeks, felt like it's been going downhill on the week-by-week week basis again. Was it very much the same yesterday? Yeah, there, there was a decent crowd. There was 4,000 yeah. 4, and Oldham brought more than 400. Um, I don't know if it was 4,000, but that, there, there was a lot of the Community Sports Trust kids were there, so there was, there was a decent amount of people there but I mean once the goal goes in after eight it was flat before the goal and then the goal goes in after eight minutes and it's almost like you know people just stood there waiting for it to end really (laughs) there was no real no real chance going the only time the atmosphere kicked off was when uh, David Unsworth cut in front of Chris Todd to get the ball and uh, then there was a right sort of scrap on the on the touchline they both got booked uh but that was the only real excitement of the afternoon was yeah chris todd and david unsworth going at each other they high-fived and hugged afterwards but at the moment in the moment that, and that actually got a bit of chanting from the supporters but uh, he, he but, hugged david unsworth yeah it's impressive got long arms and <laughs> <laughs> Atmosphere was zero. I mean, once the third goal goes in, people are out. Up and then leaving, yeah. It, and it felt like that a huge park all season, really. Like, you're just there to sit through. 
a lot yeah. of the weeks and yeah, well, nothing I mean, exciting yeah, exciting's happening on the pitch and you almost begrudge the fact you've spent your afternoon there. Yeah. Yeah, and I got I I got that feeling. I just, just an unhappy place. Like it's not even it's not even angry now. It's it wasn't even to the point of like what the hell's going on? Everything's a mess. Where's where is anyone? It was just a case of uh, well, see you next season. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It feels like we're just accepting our own fate as well, with that in mind. Like why we we should be much more angry about the situation we read so much on social media every single day at the moment about the situation at Hughes Park I obviously didn't go I can't slate anyone who did go and didn't make their voice but I feel like over the last few weeks we've just sort of become resigned to our own fate and just leaving it in the hands of other people don't know what you but what both of your takes are on that there's there's two things that jump in my mind here firstly I always have to remind myself that social media is this mini chasm of noise within the supporter fan base. Yeah. There's, uh, the supporter, the vocal support is a minority support. Social media is. is led by a dozen accounts, 20 accounts. Now, there was 4,000 people there yesterday, three and a half of ours maybe. You take out of it 20, 30 vocal accounts, and that's actually that's not a lot of a percentage of the people that are actually turning up that are trying to be vocal about it. And that's a very difficult thing to sort of get your head around sometimes. Yeah. But also I think, because this is kind of how I think, I'm frigging exhausted. Yeah. This isn't a one takeover thing. This is what, a third or a fourth or a fifth takeover thing. If you go back to the Kuhig thing, we've been, we've been circling this, I don't know. I don't know what you want to describe. It. Circling this um, potential change of direction for years. Yeah, and I'm I'm genuinely exhausted with it. I'm sick of it. And I think there's a lot of people that would just be like, "Well, what, what else can we do? There's there's no one there's no one there to get angry at." Yeah. No, there's no point singing. We want personal out. He can't hear you from his yacht off the coast of Ireland. He can't. <laughs> He cannot hear you from that dentist chair in Germany. He can't. Yeah. There's no point singing, um, you know, that you're happy or that you're unhappy about the SU Glovers. They weren't there. And apparently we're not going to hear anything out from them until the first bit of preseason next season. I do, like, who? it's just old man shouts at clouds at times. And that's, I think, what's led to the exhaustion of so many people is... is it, it, it's not apathy. People keep using the word apathy. I don't think it is apathy. I think it's exhaustion. People yeah. Just, people are just run down with it. It's been years and years and years of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm knackered of it. I'm absolutely knackered from it all. You're absolutely right. It does feel like it's been rumbling on since 2019. And realistically, it has been. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. even then, you know, we had change, but there was always doubts and there was always questions about... But all sorts came before that as well. Like Ben says, we had the whole Kuhig thing. We had two or three other parties supposedly involved. So much happened around that that it was ridiculous. Do you remember Blue Sky Turf? Yes. <laughs> we, were, we were all off to Puerto Rico on fucking pre-season tours and stuff. This this idea of change has been rumbling on for I don't know how long. And 
it's just never happened and we're all sick of it. I'm sick of it, certainly. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's, I mean, I, d- I don't know what else you can do <laughs> other than try and put people in contact with each other or try and, I don't know. I mean, we've been shouting at, we've been shouting at clouds for years, Ben. Like, like literally two years spent shouting at clouds, trying to, you know, not even just wake people up, but just try and just shine a light on the shit that's going on. It's so hard to hold people account when the people who should be held to account don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we thought we were close to it this time last year, didn't we? This time last year, after our uh, petition, after our open letter, and um, it is a year ago today as we're recording that Scott came back and did his videos and his Q&A in the the Alex Stock Lounge in front of a select group of supporters and said, (laughs) this is going to happen, concrete framework, all of this, that and the other. Just, just bought himself enough time to get some investment in, see the council deal through, and uh, where are we now? A year on, how's that face in the barrel? Yeah, how's that? How's that rescue deal that SSDC pulled out for us going? Because next month we've got to find. It's reported about fifteen grand a month in rent. <laughs> Where's that coming from? There's no tickets being sold in May. Haven't seen season tickets. Haven't seen a new kit to get behind. I mean, that was one of the things uh, Matt Ugler told us on the podcast, wasn't it? There was going to be options of kits to pick through. Um, from what I hear, I think the kit's already been chosen, and uh, that was that we were. There was never going to be a. There was never going to be a choice offered. Yeah, we go back to the whole judge me on what I do, not what I say method don't we that was so cleanly talked about in the early stages wasn't it and if we're judging people on what they do rather than what they say right now they aren't doing a lot whatsoever no and i mean i think there's there's plenty of questions around and i don't know if if we want to do we want to move on do we want to is there anything else we want to talk about from yesterday and oldham I would like to give a better shout out, a good shout out, not a better shout out, a good shout out to the Community Sports Trust for putting 600 on the gate. Now, I understand that there will be some budget cuts next season. Budgets will change and things will have to change however it goes. But if you've got an arm, so what what we're saying, 3,600 Yeovil fans, one in every six people in that ground yesterday were there because of the Community Sports Trust. Okay? So if you've got an arm that can an arm of your um, club that can do that next season, double whatever resource they've got. And I hope someone, whoever, whoever it ends up being quite quickly turns around and goes, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And then you put in a day against one of the local ones towards the end of the season. Because if we're in the mix and we need a big crowd behind us and it's a bath, a Taunton, a Western, whatever it is towards the end. And you say to them, how can you add a thousand what resource do you need? What offer do you need? What help do you need? Because if they can do that on basically nothing with a football club in disarray and they can still six, stick 600 on the gate, 
what if we're in a, a better position? What if we're in a position where we need points for a playoff place or whatever it may be? Whatever they're doing, it's working just purely on the bums on seats theory, let alone before you have the some of them bought a program, some of them did this, some of them will come back again a second time, some will go home and tell their dad that they want to be a mascot and whatever next season. On pure bums on seats, it's working. Whatever they're doing, give it to them and give it to them twice. Because some may say, Dad, please don't take me there again after <laughs> after sad. I hard agree with everything you just said, Ben. Yes. <laughs> Apart from the kids that went home and went, I'd rather you grounded me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think if you've got that, you've got that arm of your of your little club, you you do everything you can to make it work. You yeah. absolutely have to, because ridiculous numbers being put on by them and they, they've done that a couple of times so yeah, yeah. Work, work it out as a thing across the season they'll have brought thousands of people into that football club and that's kind of based on our trajectory that's kind of our talent pipeline for future players some um, of the kids playing at half time could have come on as a second half sub come <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on you're on the bench <laughs> if, any, if any of them are going to boring wood bring your boots <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've, I've got to dig my shin pads out. That's how I've been struggling me out. What's you were at older shot, weren't you? Yeah. Did you see the crossbar challenge at halftime? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of the, the guys who were doing that probably could have done the job in our team. I would think so. And one of them couldn't get the ball off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I think a lot of the clubs around Yeovil would give them a good guy. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> we were talking about yeah. that yesterday. Where's, where's pre season going to be? I think it's. Ten mil. Um, <laughs> Get something. Craig McCann on the phone. See if they can play out for. And Ben, you've got some links to some clubs around here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can have a word with Coombe and Ilminster. I'll get them sorted. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to be driving themselves to training matches and everything next year. Um, okay, I, I I just want to touch on one thing that's been bugging me. Um, hey, is this going to be an Ian Perkins rant? Do I need to set the timer off because I forgot uh, last week the goats. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, I did hear Coates' monologue. Um, Love it. <laughs> sat back and had a cup of tea while he was <laughs> um, how, Maybe I can phrase it into a question. Why, when Mark Cooper says about disruption and uh, the, the problems that have been caused with the uncertainty and the takeover, is it, he just needs to get on with it, blah, 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 blah. But when Josh Staunton says pretty much the same thing with a bit more emotion, a bit more passion behind it, that it's like, what a leader. This is the only leader at the club. Yeah, I'm probably culpable for a bit of that myself as well, to be honest. And I can't sit here and be throw stones in glass houses. Um, I think I said when we were 2-0 down the other week, it can't be an excuse anymore. And I, there's a, there is a... There is a line because we have footballers who aren't performing and at the end of the day, football is their job and their job is to go out and win games. And we aren't doing any of that. We aren't scoring goals whatsoever. They've had great support this season. The fans have really backed them to the hills. Whatever is happening in the background, those fans have turned up week in, week out and backed them. Um, and we haven't seen that in return. And that does become frustrating to see as a fan, right? Yeah. But then on the other hand, 
if it was happening to me in my job, I think I understand a little bit more after reading that and hearing hearing that. If that was happening to me, I didn't know if I had a future here. I didn't know what was going on. The people were coming in who I didn't even know who they were, and I'm meant to be their captain and to lead their dressing room. I think I I think I do understand the unrest as well. But part of me is like whatever differences have gone on, they need to put them, put them to one side. If you've got a new player turning up, Christ, you're going to have to deal with it, get on with it. But then it's just utter turmoil, isn't it? So that that's going to affect your performances on the pitch. So, yeah, I am basically pot calling Kettle Black here because I've, I've been privy, no, I've said it myself. It's weird because um, I think, I think, I mean... No one said anything potentially defamatory about Josh Thornton and some of the things that have been said about Mark Cooper in certain ways by certain people that have now been deleted um, might fall under some of those categories. And I can't repeat them because defamatory laws are nasty. Um, and I just wonder if that is is more of a reason, is that actually no one's calling out Josh Thornton from above, but people from above are calling out Mark Cooper and that will naturally lead to people picking their sides. So that might be why that might be why people are picking their sides with Mark Cooper and on occasions they fall on a different side, but no one's questioning. Um, no one of authority is questioning Josh Dalton and rightly so. Why would you? But I think that's where it is, is that people are being given a decision to make. I'm not saying what's right and what's wrong, but I think because of the way that things have been played out, You've got a you you have an opinion on Mark Cooper because you have a contrary opinion of Mark Cooper from somewhere of authority. Yeah, and just to add to that, we see that with the other players because fans want to take their sides on players now. By yep. looks of it, look at Griffiths. Yeah, you got one lot of fans calling him useless. You got the other lot of fans who, when he's put in a good performance don't want to talk about the fact that he's put in a good performance well done they want to talk about the fact that the manager didn't pick him for the weeks prior to that because of this ongoing feud and digging him out same with Sabiba I can sorry I can't say that very well <laughs> I got Vogue's teeth all right <laughs> same with, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it again but same with him the fans are looking to dig him out or they're looking to back him up and we don't see that about Josh Thornton because I suppose he's just showing that character. I don't want it to come with Josh Thornton and Loving again because we had all football friends when I was on there the other week. But it is true. Like, if you can put your head and shoulders above the rest of the people, then nobody's going to dig you out, are they? Other shampoo brands are available. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just you know, one of these things as well. It just, and I get it because, you know, the manager's going to be the one who takes flat because he's the manager and the results yeah. haven't been good enough. And he's first to admit they haven't been good enough. But when he says there's all this going on and his captain says, oh, there's all this going on as well and says fully back the manager, the manager's the reason we're, you know, the manager's, you know, the best manager I've worked under. That just, hang on, no, it's bad what's going on. But I, I, I think what we've really, really missed having around the football club, and I'm not sure where there's someone about, someone in the position of some kind of authority who really, really knows what it's like to be in an elite level dressing room, potentially international rugby level. Just thinking off the top of my head, if someone really understood the inner workings of a potentially successful changing room, they would have understood 
that throwing those kind of grenades in and making all this mess is probably not conducive to getting good results on a sporting arena. Now, if anyone happens to know of anybody who might have a Yeovil Town tracksuit handy and has also played international calibre sport, please let us know. That would be really helpful. <laughs> uh, we we do miss some other other heads like that in the dressing room. I bang on about all the time, as you know, but we do miss if we had a few more heads like that in the dressing room. A bit. Of on, say it. Call I'm not out. saying it. I'm say not. it. Say <laughs> it. Say it. We're not moving on till you say it. What dickhead? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> any any one of them though. Just a couple of them. Like. If we'd seen a little bit more of that, maybe we'd have seen a bit more on the pitch. Maybe we wouldn't have had so much un- unrest because we would have been winning football gra- games. But if we're winning football games, like Stephen Allison rightly said last week, if you're winning football games, you're not looking at what's happening behind the scenes. And quite frankly, we need to look at what's happening behind the scenes now, not what's happening on the pitch. As much as we all want to see wins. <laughs> yeah, as much as you want to see what's on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> do you <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah uh so i think we were going to talk about i think that's oldham don't you <laughs> i think we're there <laughs> can we say about that um i mean there was a couple of conversations yesterday that you know the the players have got no idea what the future looks like and who's who's making the decision on them yeah. We, is, is Grant Smith getting released by default? Because that would be the biggest crime of ever that, uh, that we haven't at least tried. We've all accepted that Grant Smith's leaving, right? That's fine. But if he just walks out and we find out, oh, they didn't, they didn't give me anything, they didn't offer me anything. I went to XYZ because they offered me a contract and you over didn't. Yeah. How bad are we going to look? But that, that, I presume that will be the case. Well, that's we, exactly we, what I mean. Who, who's going to make that decision? Now, Mark Cooper is under contract. Mm hmm. So does he kind of have to assume until something's something otherwise is happening that he has to start making these decisions? Who makes the release and retain list? Is there going to be one? Who who decides preseason? No. I mean, has that stuff not got to kind of be sorted pretty soon? No idea. Probably. Like <laughs> we do this, we do this happens. This feels like it happens every season. Exactly, and that leads me back to that previous comment of Nothing. this is blooming exhausting. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's not even down to where they're going to play. It's down to are they going to be full time or are they going to be part time, and do they need to find and <laughs> how? Job? And for the last however many seasons under Darren Sahl, all we wanted, all I wanted, was give Darren Sahl a proper preseason and a proper full season at it, and you'll see what you can get. Never had it in his entire three or four years, whatever it was. Didn't have it. What I'm saying for Mark Cooper is, if you want Mark Cooper to run your football club, he needs a proper full preseason. He needs to be making phone calls now to players going, you out of contract in the summer. Come on down. Let's see what we can do. Oh, are you getting released out of Bristol City, Will? Are you? Do you want to come play for a National League Southside? First choice keeper because our keeper's leaving. Brilliant. Let's make it happen. Meanwhile, someone somewhere is going, that keeper's all right. That number two keeper from Yeovil, isn't he? I think he's out of contract. Made They're having Indians, Wrexham. Oh, he played the last 20 minutes with a broken hand. Yeah, exactly. So how about we take a look and invite him in for pre-season? And then by the time we've sorted our lives out, Mark Cooper's going, Will, what's up? Oh, no, sorry, I can't. I'm off to Western Supermare for the year. Oh, brilliant. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah. 
it's like every days, each day that goes by, we are missing opportunities. We are missing those little mini windows. And that'll even roll around to next Saturday when we say, do we stick a kid on the bench? We've only got four at the moment on the bench, a couple of injuries. We've got, we're going to have some space on the bench. Should you put a couple of kids in there? See what they're like? Or and Wood, if they win their midweek game, would be confirmed as a playoff side. So they might be chucking a few kids out, resting a few. Might be a bit of an end-of-season friendly feel to it. Is that a perfect opportunity to chuck a couple of kids in? I don't know. But it feels like nothing's going to happen between now and then to figure that out. It's like, like, what's the point until we know who's, who's going to be the manager? I'm who's more prepped than the football club is. Yeah. Absurd. Yeah. And that, and that is exhausting. Yeah. And I, and I don't think people at the club would disagree with you, Ben. No, I, I, <laughs> I completely. Yeah. I, I, I don't doubt that for a second. But then that moves on to their roles, doesn't it? Because we know that relegation means budget cuts. No one's there deciding what's going on in the background either. Just to yep. add to that, Ben, no one's, there must be so much uncertainty at that football club. It is unreal. Yeah. yeah. And that's frankly not okay to keep going on and on and on, working in an environment like that day in, day out. Still, still, I saw someone say the other day, digging out, digging out Sam Collard for not putting a message out. Like, that's his job. Like, that's his decision to make. But if no one's there giving him direction, telling him what to put out, he ain't going to write out a statement from the football club and say we're sorry. Of course he isn't. And chances are, if someone comes to him and says, I think we should do X, Y, Z, he might go, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'm going to have to check, though. (laughs) Yeah. I've got to check. Uh, Who did you check with? (laughs) I mean, there's a reason the players reached out to ourselves and... Sheridan and all the other people and posted it on their own social media accounts rather than on the website. Yeah. I imagine it's the same reason that Kevin Bond still hasn't been announced as an official director of football because no one is offering that direction of here's what we've done, here's the situation, tell people. Yeah. Utterly absurd. Utterly, utterly absurd. Communication in that circumstance was completely wrong. The signings of those two players being announced on a personal social media account, the Kevin Bond's in the building never to be spoken about again, but we see a photo of him at a match. That's not okay. He was there yesterday as well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I have, I have no doubt that he's a part of the procedure and fine if that's the way you want to go about things. But like announce it. Tell Probably. people what his tell people what his job role is. And then you can see you can see why you know again. I, I don't want to speak on behalf of Sam. That's not fair. But he's probably sat at that football club going, is "That Kevin Bond. What are you? Oh, are you? Oh, you work here, do you? Oh, okay, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Huh? <laughs> T-shirt, guess is it? <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, I'm sorry for him. I feel sorry for I feel sorry for a lot of people at that football club right now because they're doing oh, they're doing jobs in such a horrendous position. Yeah. A lot of them doing three or four people's jobs as well, yeah. just to add to that. And then Sam's getting called out for not putting the highlights up the day after. Yeah. His day off as well. Yeah. <laughs> not just players' day off, it's his day off. And he's a one-man yeah. band. I just people need to get a little little tiny sense of realism sometimes with it all. Yeah. And 
guess what? That's exhausting. <laughs> We're very tired. <laughs> we are so tired. It's, um, got, it's got to be cricket season soon, right? Yeah, yeah. It started up, hasn't it? The problem is, uh, there's probably going to be quite a bit going on in the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope there is quite a bit going on in the next few weeks otherwise we're totally fucked <laughs> you could just replay this conversation for a few yeah, weeks exactly, yeah. <laughs> just on a loop we, we'll, we'll set up a hotline take, and just play this on loop should, should we take some questions and get out of it yeah might as well right here's one for you Ben Ben Richards oh. Everton has suffered a double relegation this season with his parents yes. Yeovil and his lone club Scunthorpe can you think of any other Glovers, Glovers players with similar unlucky fates in seasons past? And I'm going to add all seasons present. There are three this season yeah. that I can think of. Um, I, it's a little bit harsh on Max Evans. He joined Hungerford when they were already pretty cut adrift as an emergency goalie, and he has been relegated. But Ollie Holbert has been relegated uh, twice, once with us and once with um, uh, Leamington. And they have Sam Perry that we had on loan at the start of the season from Warsaw. He's also there. So he's kind of been relegated twice with us as well. There you go. Shout out to Chris Hargreaves recruitment. Excellent. Yes. I, I, I don't know whether or not Matty Gravosti got relegated from his pub league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick Manning says, it's, if the SU Glovers stewardship didn't happen, what chance out of seven do we stay up? No. Oh. What this season? This season, none. Yeah, I still don't think we just. Well, because there, there would there would have been no recruitment, so you still got to take Griffiths and Saziba out of this squad, and then we are down to some bare bones. I mean, yeah, and jo- Jordan Stevens wouldn't have come in. Yeah, Scott Pollock wouldn't have Pollock. come in. Yeah, we we, we, we wouldn't have had the bodies. Got, we may have been able to get Frank Newell in. How? How? Who's paying for that? Well, maybe we would have had a bit of because he was released, wasn't he? Yeah, but there would have been—he still, still is paying. Yeah, but we may have moved moved some bits around and thought yeah, uh, we can get a striker in. No, I'm, I'm sure Frank—he's at Torquay, but I'm I'm sure he's not raking it in <laughs> down there. Like it's not. Yeah. Either way, we look at the team pre-recruitment; they don't win games. We look at the team post-recruitment; they don't win games. I don't think we'd have won games. Yeah. Would we have taken it to the last game of the season? No. no, no. I think we were just, I think we were just lucky. We had a bit of a spell where we got a few results to take it this far. To be honest, yeah. When, um, when the first came in, and we f- we fell off that cliff so bad, didn't we? Yeah, we really did. We like we were looking up at one point and being like mid table, easier. Do you think that break, you know, where all the games got postponed and we basically didn't play a match in January? That kind of feels like a big. You mean whilst everyone else was buying strikers? Yeah. Good evening, Alex Reed, who played for Oldham <laughs> yesterday. He was another one. Denanga scored against us a hatful of times. Yeah. I mean, you could rattle them off. It's for all the teams that we've played recently. Most of them have signed. Like, because we, you know, we we had a good win over Torquay on New Year's Day. Yeah. And. You know, that, that was like a long time ago. That could have been. Then a, we we didn't play, play at home till the 29th of January or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, because the pitch was frozen, wasn't it? So all, all those and games. And then burnt. 
Yeah. <laughs> All those games. That feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, my days. I feel like that frozen pitch was pre-Christmas, but it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it was after Torquay. Yeah. Uh, I don't... And I think we would have had... Those games getting postponed. We had to play Saturday, Tuesday for weeks to get... Where was everyone else? Yeah, I know, but we wouldn't have had to have done... We wouldn't have had to play Altrincham on a Tuesday because we would have played them on the Saturday that the game was called off. So we lose at 3 o'clock, not 7.45. So what? <laughs> we drew that one. Jordan Maguire drew, scored a penalty. <laughs> I wonder if that was the last goal at Hewish Park. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Why would you no, do that? Easily. We scored against Eastley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that a pen? Uh, no, it wasn't a pen, was it? I couldn't Did even not? tell. No, it's a cross into the box. Matt Worthington let like Oh, someone. the foul. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The climbing, the climbing on the back post. <laughs> Use his man as a ladder. <laughs> Matt, how did you jump that high? I'm going to call it. That's who he's going to play for next season. You think Eastley? I think Eastley. South Coast, local area, playoff chasing side. There you go. I think he'll end up at Woking. I really do. They'll all I end th- up at Woking. I think he'd have gone to Woking already. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, Hewish Hugh says, is this the biggest mess since Mr. Messi messed up his latest mess and made it even messier than the original mess? Oh, dear. Excellent Mr. Men reference. I think I've done quite well reading that out. That's there. very good, by the way. Yeah. It's like saying yeah. it over and over again. Um, it, it's a big mess. Yeah. The Mr. Men books were written by uh, Roger Hargreaves, famously. Um, and this mess was written in some part by Chris. So. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Men returns. Uh, Chris Sweet says, which is the best ownership scenario? Scott Priestnell stays, SU Glovers, and other mops up the mess. <laughs> This is really, really difficult. I read this one earlier and I just feel conflicted about the whole thing, to be honest, because that A and other could be anyone. Um, and you frankly, de- you don't know what you're getting with any of them right now, apart from personal. And that's the only certainty, isn't it? Is we carry on or that we look at possibly having no club at some point in the future. That's how serious it is. Um the other two scenarios, you don't really know what you're getting. We've seen a bit of Ugla and Saki. Um, I don't think many people like what they've seen. Um, some so people does, love it. Some people do love it. <laughs> I don't think as many people love it as they did at that Eastley game, though. Um, so that just that just brings back the exhaustion, doesn't it, Ben? It will just... I think it will just rumble on no matter what. Yeah. Another could be Glenn Collis. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> ben says, tells the story right now. <laughs> we'll move on, Ben. We'll move on. We don't know who the other... I mean, if... if uh... I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone credible comes in. But is there anyone <laughs> who wants a National League South Club that's circling the drain with zero assets? And a lot of rent to pay. If someone does, then they're going to be a hero. Cheers, Somerset Dance, City <laughs> District Council. 
Uh, Callum Hallett says, I asked this on my personal Twitter and got a very mixed response. So I'll ask you three as well. If Josh Staunton leaves in the summer, does he go down as a Yeovil legend? Build a fucking statue. Okay. I replied to Callum on Twitter. What did you say? He already is. Yeah. I I I cannot get my head around how well he's handled himself through not just this, but everything last season. A virtually career-ending injury, the passing of his captain, and the way he's handled himself, and he's sorting out the National League contracts. Oh, which yeah. worked, which worked, by the way. They've done a U-turn. Yeah. Which in a weird way. Obviously, Scott's on the board of the National League, so Josh Staunton managed to get his own boss to U-turn on a new contract situation, which is just bizarre in itself. Um, and he's got a new family. He's trying to make a life for himself. The way he's handled himself is ridiculous, honestly. And I he, think he's i think he's shown he wants to be at Yeovil. Yeah, absolutely. Well. In a weird way, because he's still in contract, I wonder, here's one for you, I wonder if we loan him somewhere. With the idea that he comes back when it's all sorted. I think we just need him. I think we need oh, him. I, I completely agree. I, I completely agree. But he, but he doesn't need us. No, I know. But <laughs> I don't think uh, even after everything that's gone on, for me, it feels like he, he almost can't leave. And, and, and I, I've got some bad news for you on July 31st, mate. I hate football. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes yes the answer is yes i think i think he does i think he goes down alongside especially in this more recent era yeah yeah we've been celebrating this 20 year anniversary i think you could put josh Dorton in any of the previous 20 years teams and he would get in any of them played even that every week injured every single week and he's played out of skin yeah he's only missed one game hasn't he ridiculous (laughs) He's, he's, he's missing half a knee. Mm. Utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I think he does. Uh, Jonathan Hooper says, Evening, gents. As there Evening. Are, as there are plenty of rumours currently, what is your favourite YTFC rumour? And what is your least favourite YTFC rumour? I love the rumour that we were off to Puerto Rico. Pre-season. <laughs> that's, a, that's an old rumour, though. Got any very current, old rumour. Current rumours that are... Oh, there's I mean, lots of current rumours, isn't there? My favourite rumour is that Stuart Robbins and Martin Hellier are going to team up and form another consortium because I think there is zero chance of uh, of that happening. What would they be called as a crime-fighting duo? I'm trying to work with something along the lines of Batman and Robbins, and it's not quite. I can't quite make it click. Hatman <laughs> likes a hat, Martin, doesn't he? There you go, Hatman and Robbins. I think they need to be like a WWE tag team trio, duo, <laughs> not trio, duo. I would watch that pay per view. Like the Hardy, like the Hardy brothers. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got you've got Ugler and Saki coming out <laughs> on the other side. Chaos. Guest referee I... Martin Starnes. Bucket Vince. <laughs> well, th- there was also the other one last night about John Fry as well. Oh yeah, John oh, Fry's there. Rumor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he goes quite regularly. I feel like he's been to the football quite a lot <laughs> since we left. Yeah. That yeah. might just be a case of wrong place, wrong time. Never going to say never right now. <laughs> Anything is possible. 
I mean, Nathan Jones was there yesterday as well. Oh, well, maybe he's buying it. Maybe yeah. he maybe he's going to mark white it. He's going to own it and manage it and play at left back. <laughs> he could probably buy it though with that payout he's just got. A great payout, wasn't it? That's that's chicken feed. This is how rumors start. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan Jones is buying the club. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Announced Friday. <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> and he's going to manage. He's going to manage. I'd have him at left back as well, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I probably would as well. Yeah, to be fair. Um, Book it, Vince. <laughs> Jude Horsepool says, favourite non-Somerset slash fellow relegationists away day next season. Quite fancy a Worthing in the sun. I fancy a Worthing ton in the sun. Uh, I'm going to go for Dulwich. Uh, yeah, I was going to go for Dulwich, but now I feel like I can't go for Dulwich. So oh. I'll, <laughs> I'll go. For, hipsters. I'll go for Hampton and Richmond. The hipsters are Perry, I swear. All right, mate. All right, mate. Doesn't matter what I like because I can't go to any of the stupid things anyway. <laughs> Which is the most northern one that won't be Braintree because they'll bump up Oxford, but they'll also bump up. Oh, okay. Beyond that, it's basically London. Yeovil might be the most northernly. Ah, uh, cheers, you douchebags. <laughs> but uh, Farnborough would be a good one as well, though. Stop saying Farnborough will be good. <laughs> Won't be as good as Chesterfield. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, I Steve... want to go to Slough. <laughs> no one wants to. <laughs> you can't make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> ben, are you free for country of Yeovil versus Slough? No, I am not. I'm going to Farsley versus Leamington. Nice. Oh, there. There and Barry. Right, Stephen Waldron, an easy one for a Sunday afternoon slash evening. Uh, will YTFC exist by the time the new season starts? Yeah. When you say easy one? Why is it easy one? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will. I think it will. I'm Good. sure there's enough there is enough good people out there who care enough about the club and who have enough resource that will ensure that Yeovil Town is still a football club by next season. Otherwise, what are we all here for? Um, Sutton Bingham Green says, what do you make of John Fry making an appearance at Hewis Park yesterday? Nothing. That's the point. <laughs> Cheap ticket. Uh, Robin Bachelor out of the League 2 relegation team and the current side who would win in a match between the two and which do you prefer? I think we're that bad this season that the League 2 relegation side however awful it is would probably play us off the park. Really? Yeah. Swamney yeah. would be banging in goals against us I reckon. They had a bit of a bounce under Neil Marmon didn't they? Did the they? Seager <laughs> banged one in off the bar. No, I'm not feeling that. that unfortunately, oh, that's a nil-nil that's a draw. Yeah, it does stink of a nil-nil draw. <laughs> yeah, but this team could inspire to concede one somehow. No, nil-nil draw. Not against that lot. Not against Alex Dobra. No chance. <laughs> Which side does, like, Worthington and Fisher play for? Do, they, do you have to have one on each? Yeah, and then at halftime, there's what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Peasland says good evening when Dorking's camera request was denied 
it was suggested that the club had its own dock in progress. Mm. Likely out of seven is it that that footage will ever see the light of day, and would you want to watch it? It's a big seven. It's a big, big seven. seven. It's coming, isn't it? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. What's his name? Liam. Liam McGuinn. Yeah. Yeah, it was tweeted today, wasn't it, that he's had access to the club since the twenty eighth of February. <laughs> what a time! I think Liam's done some bits already as well, and some good stuff in the past. Yeah, didn't he do the Charlie um, Wake? The yeah. Day in the life of a footballer for Charlie Wakefield, I think. Yeah. Um, it'd be, be an interesting watch, won't it? <laughs> yeah. I wonder I wonder how much access. <laughs> like, if, he, if he's had all access, we're going to really see... Uh, Chaos. While the season fell apart. Then it's going to be car crash. Yeah, he started that in February as well, so around yeah, good I think, timing. I think he tweeted the 28th, which was the yeah. night, the Altrincham game, the the night statement the was released. Announced more than 50 days ago, just for those who are counting. We're about to count in a new set of days. I can't keep up with this sets of days we have to count. The day since Prisoner promised to talk to fans. The day since the open forum was promised. The day that Prisoner was meant to come on Glover's cast. And now this as well. Yeah, I've got, you know, those clocks that they have in like big, like news. <laughs> like the time in China is this, the time in New York is this. It's, yeah, I've got that. <laughs> it's been this many days. How's that fans forum coming along? <laughs> I mean, SU Glover's promised that as well, didn't they? So, actions. Um, Jonathan Adams, evening, guys. Oh, Ben, you didn't see. Oh, sorry, evening, 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 John. Sorry, apologies. How many do you think we'll take to Boreham Wood for the last game? Three. <laughs> Hope some deal is that subs or <laughs> sorry, five because Sheridan and I are either. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hope some deal or announcement will be done by then, don't we all? I, mean, I think I'm, you'll be waiting for a deal. I, I'd welcome an announcement that there is no... I'd welcome an announcement there's no deal at this stage just so that there's some idea of... Well, that's stopped. <laughs> Let's put our attention somewhere else. Fancy D, E, F, G, whatever the hell we're up to now. Mm. Uh, Dexter Tyson says, for charity, would you rather sit in a bath of rice pudding or a bath of custard? And which current YTFC player would you have join you in the bath? Custard, surely it's custard. I don't, I'm not a custard man, though. I'm more of a cream yeah, but... man. But it would be better to sit in custard, wouldn't it, than rice pudding? Yeah. Although, <laughs> imagine spooning it and, like, a bit of sugar on top. <laughs> if someone could just, like, shovel in apple pie filling as we went. I mean, I think the the pudding choice isn't the hard one. Who who's in the bath with you? Great question. Um, are we talking regular size bath? Because I, I I don't don't, don't want, want something in the bath with you. Yeah, exactly. Max Hunt. That's, that's, that's a lot of legs in it. <laughs> I'm going smaller. Going Lawson because I think he would spill some tea as well once he was out in there. What? Imagine he <laughs> spilled on you. No, that's, that's a, what the cool kids say, isn't it? When they drop <laughs> the just, truth bombs. I was just thinking of Ben recording the podcast in a bath with lots <laughs> Somebody name your price for cherry. Somebody do it. <laughs> oh, my 
we're going to spill the tea and we're putting it on TikTok. <laughs> I've never heard of this spill the tea phrase. Have you not? <laughs> right. I, if you, I if you, you gossip, gossip and drop some truth bombs, okay. it's called spilling the tea. Oh, okay. It is. But what if it was like one of them old school football style baths? Like, who are you picking them, Ben? Because you oh. haven't got to think about height. Oh, all of them. If, it, if, it's, like a, if it's like one of those big communal baths, <laughs> we'll have a big sesh <laughs> in the custard. Get that on your Yable Till I Die documentary. <laughs> Spilling the tea in a bath of rice pudding, then with a mic. <laughs> 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 The Glover's Cust. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Nick Hayward. This is a long one, so bear with me. Evening. Evening. Assuming the snake doesn't want the club to go into administration because it will be trouble for him, a deal will need to be done soon. And then these are all questions. SU has gone. Has anyone picked up the phone to Julian Jenkins? Is Fry back to be in consortium with Robbins? He was there yesterday. In response to my questions, I hope the answers will be yes, they've gone. Fry was there for a pint. Yes, Jenkins, will he be in the building this week? <laughs> so there's there's three questions. Have SU Glover's gone? Don't know. Don't know. Has anyone picked up the phone to Julian Jenkins? Who knows? I'm sure someone has. I'm sure, I'm sure someone has too. <laughs> Is... Uh, Fry back in Fry back to being consorting with Robbins. Dear God, surely not. This rumor's got some real pace behind it. It seems that's the second time. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I hope someone uh, I hope someone had a word with Mr. Fry and said, Look what you fucking done. (laughs) Look what you and Norm have done. I hope there's a few quid for you at the end of it. You bastard. Yeah, no one's going back into business with that, are they? No, that's a PR crisis. On top I, bl- of I bloody hope not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think there's any credence to any of that. Um, yeah, that's all of them for Twitter, I think. Uh, Facebook's down on my phone. I can't. I just went to check Facebook, but it's down on my phone. Oh, I loaded it up. So I've I loaded it up before. So if oh, okay, it's crashed. I'm sorry. Um. Hilton Megan asks, what conditions need to exist for normal service to resume at YTFC? That is if normal has ever been achieved. What conditions? What conditions need to exist for normal service? I think what needs to happen for Yeovil Town to become a normal football club that isn't a total basket case? Money. Security, structure, safeguarding. Whoa, there's your there's your three word tagline. You should work for for the Tories. (laughs) Can't say that word. No, I'm sorry. Security, yeah. Structure and safeguarding. Security and safeguarding are the same, but you need finances behind you. You need to be thinking ahead to the future. And we have no structure in place where it's coming to bringing players in for the pitch, what's going on behind the scenes, who's involved at the club. There's absolutely none of it going on at the moment. And without that, you won't be successful. Yeah. Well, without it, we've been very unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's been like for the last three years, isn't it? Let's, let's try not having some chaos. Just once. <laughs> <laughs> 
See if it works. Can you imagine that? Just have a go. Being real, wouldn't Try it? it. If it doesn't work, go back to your chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. I, it's like I said on Twitter though this morning, I'm so envious of all these clubs. There's not loads of them out there, to be honest. Like mm. many clubs are in our position, but those clubs of owners thinking ahead to the future, we can be jealous all we want of Rex and they may or may not have bought the league, however people want to look at it. But imagine having that behind you and be thinking about your future, building the new sand and all of that stuff they're doing. And there's other clubs around the country who are very similar to that as well. I just hope those fans realise quite how good they've got it because being in a situation like we've been in for the last 10 years isn't nice. And I don't begrudge Wrexham whatsoever because of all the stuff that they went through yeah. at the club and their history. Yeah. We're just jealous, aren't we? Like, I would love 100%. it. 100%. My club. And I think it's that wider thing is it's, for them, it's not just about the football. It's about the whole, like, is it a city? Is it a town? City, isn't it, Rexham? Uh, I think it's a town. It's about the place. It's about the entire place and like what that's done. Yeah, that community. It's not just about the football club and people who support the football team. It's it's like everything, like investment in the area, jobs, like really growing the community that's had like really tough times. It's like an old mining town slash city slash place. And they're everywhere you look now, aren't they? Absolutely yeah. everywhere you look. Even the Tour of Britain, the cycling race, is finishing in Wrexham, one of the stages this year. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. I'm sure right now Jess cares more about their results than ours as well. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do for just... Um, we do for a bit of hope. And to be honest with you, two months ago, I thought we had it. Yeah. <laughs> we, th- we thought... Well, we we did have it. We did have it. We absolutely did have it. When Matt came on this podcast and spoke so well, and then he uttered those words, judge us on what we do, not on what we say. And what is, what's, what's happened since, if that's what I'm judging people on, it's not gone well. It's really not gone well. No. But, I'm tired. Yeah, I think we've got to, as much as we can, keep our head up. Keep fighting a good fight, and who knows what this week will hold. Like <laughs> this could all be this could all be out of date. I don't think it will be, um, but you know, we can uh, only hope that something good is on the horizon. And if there are good people at the football club listening, remember, I really hope they remember every single day who they're fighting for. Just to add to that, before we cut off, talking about good people at the football club, Mark Robinson completed the uh, London Marathon today. Well done to Mark. Nice. So did, so did our mate Andy, Andy Easton. What a legend. Yes. He did it as well. I watched him. I found him on the little finish line camera. Found him. He was knackered. Well done to both of them. And I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there who are the Oval fans who've completed that today. Well done, you, because that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not running a marathon. Chris Hargreaves did it as well. I bet he's really nice about it. <laughs> he worked his socks off. <laughs> and with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. 
Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, go!